At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. You know me, Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. Appreciate you being with me on this Monday. Hope it's a good start to your week. And, well, we're hoping we can get you some consistent winners throughout the next week here on the City Cast and on my other show, Rush Hour. You know, it goes Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. If you can't make it down, check it out wherever you get your podcasts available. And, of course, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and don't forget about the Marquee Sports Network. It's an off day for the Cubbies tonight, so we will be on for the full hour. Uh, the Cubs start a new series against the Reds at Wrigley Field. Game one, you got Kyle Hendricks. First, Luis Castillo. Then the next game looks like you're getting, as of this moment, Steele versus Green. That's going to be an interesting matchup in terms of where the line's going to be because Green is really the only pitcher that betters are backing when it comes to Cincinnati, it seems. And then you get Kyle Hendricks versus Ashcraft. So uh, that's what the Cubbies have in store the next few days. We do have a Sox game to look forward to in Anaheim against the Angels. And then uh, part two of this episode, because we'll be talking about the White Sox and Angels to kick things off. Part two, we'll be talking some NFC North. Now, I've talked about the Bears ad nauseum, right? We've gone over their win total, their odds to make the postseason, and I'm sure I'll discuss it again before the season begins. But we were also just talking about it with Chuck Esposito on Friday. 
Great episode, by the way. Make sure you check it out. Fantastic Bears preview. And uh, talked a little bit of baseball as well. If you got some time, make sure you give it a listen. Aside from that, though, like I was saying, um, yeah, I want to focus in on the Vikings and the Packers a little bit. Because we're looking for all and any offseason betting opportunities to get involved with for the futures. We talked about some coach of the year odds. We got a couple of guys on our list that we did bet, talked about it here on the CityCast, and we talked about it on Rush Hour. If you want to see the clip, it's through my Twitter feed. But uh, again, I'm sure I'll revisit that at some point before the season begins. But we're going to kind of go through division by division and... Not necessarily every division will I talk about every team. If it's not really worth talking, if I don't have that much conviction, I probably won't discuss it. But since hockey is now concluded, hats off to the Colorado Avalanche. You finally did it. But now that that is concluded, basketball, obviously, we're post-draft, and now we'll get into the excitement of the offseason. But now it's really the time, aside from baseball, to hone in on what's coming up, and that's all things football, college, and NFL. And we'll have a plethora of guests, not only here on the CityCast, but naturally on Rush Hour to give their thoughts on it and kind of get more of the specific regions so we can get those experts sharing their two cents on their team or division or whatever it may be. So uh, with the NFC North, we'll do a deeper dive, some other divisions, maybe not as much, but more of the quality content with those other divisions. But like I said, I have talked Bears. Not going to do the Lions today. We'll hold off on the Lions for just a little bit. Maybe we'll bring on our guy Dan Leach to get his thoughts on the Lions. But for the Vikings and the Packers, definitely want to jump into that in the latter part of this episode today. Let's go ahead and jump into it with some baseball, though. The White Sox coming off a tough series against Los Angeles, or excuse me, against Baltimore. Tonight they got Los Angeles being the Angels. You look at your schedule if you're the White Sox and you see Baltimore, and man, that's a, that's a series you got to circle out and go, we got to take three out of four at least here. At the very worst, two out of four, but nope, the Sox dropped three out of four versus the Orioles. Again, the team that I want nothing to do with being Baltimore, I can't read them to save my life, and apparently neither can the White Sox hitting. Jeez, they made you look bad. You had a little bit of momentum. After the Astros series, because you hung in there with them. You definitely got some momentum after the Blue Jays, and then you lay a dud in three out of four versus the Orioles. Inexcusable. And we get it, injuries keep happening to this White Sox team, but you got it, you're just sick of hearing it at this point. Just go out there and win the damn ball game. Now you are getting an Angels team that has struggled themselves. They just dropped two out of three versus the Mariners. They just had that big bench brawl yesterday. Finally, punches were getting thrown. A little bit of excitement, right? But for this game, weather-wise, out in L.A., or Anaheim technically, I guess, uh, the 90-degree day is coming out. Wind blowing out to seven or to center field about seven miles per hour. And you're getting Giolito and Syndergaard. Two good righties going against each other. However, two righties who have not performed up to expectations this season. Right? Giolito, his last two starts have been horrific. Versus Toronto and at Houston, throughout those two starts, he has combined to allow 18 hits, 15 earned runs, and just six strikeouts. Ugh. And the Sox lost both of those games, if you couldn't guess that yourself. Now, Giolito has faced the Angels this year at guaranteed rate field. I think this was in like April or early May, but he went six innings, allowed seven hits, three earned runs, seven strikeouts, yet the Angels 
did win that game 5-1. to one. The White Sox offense did not show up despite Giolito only surrendering three runs. But they were able to hit him, which causes some trepidation to backing him in this game, in my opinion, and especially on the road where he has been a complete liability with a 577 ERA, a 534 FIP, and a 157 whip on the road. And a 389 weighted on base average, by the way. But you're probably like, well, Danny, his overall numbers, they got to be better than that. All right, a little bit. 4-4, four and four, 540 ERA, 508 FIP, 369 Sierra, there's the bright spot, 156 whip, and a 20% home run to fly ball ratio. Man, that number is not dropped whatsoever. We talk about trust and faith and putting stock in. Yeah, you hear me say that crap all the time, but how can he do any of that with Lucas Giolito right now? You can't. And maybe it's because Noah Syndergaard has not been that stable himself. And trust me, I've gotten screwed on a couple Syndergaard games this year. And I'm having reservations wanting to back him again tonight. Because I do think he's the better pitcher in this spot. And I think the Angels are in a better position. But Syndergaard is 4-6. and six, Not great. 386 ERA. That's fine. 402 FIP. Better than Giolito's 508. A 440 Sierra. Alright, that's concerning. But a 120 whip. All right, not bad. The issue with Cindergard is, yeah, volatility, that's Cindergard for sure. But he has been a mess on the road such as Giolito has. I think Cindergard's been even worse. But Noah does have better numbers at home. At home, he's got a 239 ERA, a 260 Woba, and a 395 FIP. So definitely more trustworthy numbers than you would put out there for Giolito. That is for sure. But Syndergaard is 0-4 with a 531 ERA throughout his last four starts. His last win coming on May 24th against the Rangers. Ugh. It's a battle of the bad pitchers right now. Which one will prosper enough to give them the advantage? Well, you probably would think that Syndergaard would have the benefit of the doubt. And we say that because, well, he's done better at home. But more importantly, the White Sox struggle against right-handed pitching. Where they got a 651 OPS a 287 BABIP, a 289 WOBA, and an 88 weighted runs created plus. Remember, you want to be at 100 or above. Now, for whatever reason, the White Sox are hitting righties better on the road than they are at home. And on the road, they got a 99 WRC plus against righties. But you got to be careful with that because you're going to... You're going to a new stadium you, you haven't played in this year, right? So it's not like you're specifically hitting that at this stadium. So that's why when I do splits, yeah, it's important to note how big of a split in itself there is with the home and road. And there's a pretty decent one with the White Sox first righties home and away. But you take it more into account with the home team because they're playing at home half of the games. You know, the White Sox ain't playing out in the West Coast at the Angels Stadium half of their games, right? You get three, four, whatever it is. But still just wanted to throw that out there. But you know what I'm getting to. The White Sox not hitting righties that well. The Angels are hitting righties okay. Overall, 724 OPS, 296 BABIP, 316 weighted on base average, and a 106 WRC+. So, all right, that's doable, right? You can, you can back a team with those numbers with a good pitcher. And then we were talking about home and road splits. Well, the Angels do thrive 
so to speak, against righties at home where they got a 767 OPS, a 300 flat BABIP, a 332 WOBA, and a 117 WRC+. Ding, ding, ding. That's where you take the cake right there. Now, you know what I hate about both these teams? The bullpens. The White Sox got a 419 ERA throughout their bullpen and a 136 whip. I hate trusting the Angels bullpen. It's definitely haunted me before, but they're actually statistically a little bit better than the White Sox, believe it or not. They got a 395 ERA and a 119 whip, which means walks and hits per innings pitch. So maybe both of these starters do struggle a little bit. It gets into the deeper stages of this game. Which bats have a better chance at coming alive and which bullpen is more vulnerable to giving up some runs? You give the bat nod, to the Angels, and you give the vulnerability of the bullpen to the White Sox. And even before that, the beginning stages of this game, you got to think the Angels have the advantage. So I'm sorry, White Sox fans, but I think the Angels are the rightful favorite and the rightful side here. By the way, uh, their interim manager even said maybe that brawl will spark something throughout this team and get them on a nice little streak here. No suspensions have been served. they got to wait till everything is... You know, sorted through, so all their players should be in the game. But I made the Angels minus 135. And I was making this going, I wouldn't be shocked if it was up to minus 140. But I made it minus 135. And I put the White Sox plus 120. And I put the total at 9. And the reason I put the total at 9 is because, yeah, there's it's more of a home run ballpark. It can be. And these pitchers are unstable. Same with the bullpens. I know the offenses, at least on the side of Chicago, isn't the best right now. But still, I think it could be a sloppy, higher-scoring game. That wouldn't shock me. Not that I'm going to do anything with the total, but that was just my thought process. So Las Vegas, if you look at VEASAN, where you get the Major League Baseball odds that open, they had the Angels minus 130, which seems okay. Like, that's understood to me. But Bet Rivers had the Angels minus 120. Very low compared to what I thought it was going to be and compared to where the market is now. So they opened the Angels minus 120 and the White Sox plus 104, total at 8.5. Most places open the total at 8.5. So wow. Not that big of a number on the Angels to open at Bet Rivers. Where is it now? Well, after I was doing my handicapping before I came here to record, I was looking at the Angels, and they were up to like minus 137 at Bat Rivers. Now they're minus 141. The White Sox plus 120. Totals at 9 did move up that way, shade to the under minus 118. Run line for the Angels plus 150. If you want to take the run in the hook with the White Sox, it's minus 182. I was able to snag 137 with the Angels. That's the number I got. And like I said, I put the bet in. Now it's up to minus 141. If you can ideally, first of all, shop around. Ideally, you could get 140 or less. If you really like the Angels and you have conviction, try not to go above 145. Definitely not in the 150s with Cindergard. No chance. But to me, they have all the advantages in this game, and this sets up nicely for this Angels team to get a dub. This White Sox team is hurting. Injuries, offense, pitching, camaraderie, everything. LaRusa is telling his guys to slow it down if they got a hit that would seem like a routine out, which I get that to a certain degree. But when you're struggling the way you are, nah, man. You got to go balls to the wall. Enough of this crap.
Respect 90, right? The old Joe Madden crap. Which, I like that, though. I agree with it. But this White Sox team is is in a really tough position. And I get it. I've been clamoring on here or was in the last show saying, plus 175 for the White Sox. Great value. Well, the time it was, I didn't think they dropped three out of four against the damn Orioles. And they still have an easier path toward the latter half of the season. And you gotta think they're going to get healthy, but we're only concerned about tonight. And tonight, they are not the right side, in my opinion. So I took the Angels minus a buck 37. That's my play for the White Sox-Angels game tonight. We'll see how these pitchers do. Cindergaard, come through for me once, baby. Come on. Do me a favor. Come on. All right. No Cubs game tonight, remember. More on that tomorrow with their new series against the Reds. Quick break here. Talk a little bit of football. Not too much action going on, so it's time to do our deep dive into the NFL. But where there is some action where you may not usually look, is with tennis. It's Wimbledon week, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your go-to sportsbook for all tennis-related betting. Today, through July 4th, place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at BetRivers for a free $10 BetRivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Simply log into the BetRivers app, and now you can even live stream tennis matches right from the BetRivers Online Sportsbook. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Quick break here on the CityCast. Coming next, like we said, some NFL action, baby. Let's look at the Packers. Let's look at the Vikings in an updated just overall outlook of the odds at Bet Rivers for the NFC North Division. Stay with us. That's coming next. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, let's talk some football here on the Chicago City Cast. Again, I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we've got plenty of time till the season begins. That's completely understood, but that doesn't mean you can't get your early handicapping in, and, well, doesn't mean you can't get some off-season futures into the mix. We've already done Coach of the Year, and we'll be doing plenty, plenty more during these slow summer months. And to be quite honest with you, I love betting these futures, especially in football more than any other sport. There's so many things to do, and and not that it's easier to figure out, but I feel like there's, because of the limited size of the games and just the familiarity with the teams, coaches, players, because of how religiously I follow it, along like many other people, you at least have a better understanding and kind of a direction to how you can get somewhere with a bet. 
But with all that being put to the side, yeah, that's just my excuse for wanting to talk football nonstop. Uh, With all that put to the side, let's look at Bet Rivers, the NFC North odds. They actually had these odds off the book for the longest time for whatever reason. But other books had the Packers like minus 175. And all these odds are going to be different, folks. That's the thing. You got to shop around. If not for other sports, do it for NFL futures. I'm telling you, futures in general, but especially win totals like this because there are big discrepancies. But the NFC North at Bet Rivers, the Cheeseheads minus a buck 82. The Vikings come in at plus 275. Then the Lions at 9 to 1, and the Bears are at 13 to 1. Now, some other books had the Bears and Lions at the same odds, which kind of makes more sense. But I'm not going to be, I mean, look, Dan Campbell had his guys fight, okay? The Bears aren't going to be as bad as they were last year. That's what I'm thinking. The Lions will be more competitive. Do they need to be $4 less than the Bears? I don't know. Maybe some people are just taking flyers on the Lions, and that's causing it to move. Whatever it may be, doesn't matter. It's coming down to Green Bay and Minnesota. Let's look into Green Bay because they are the favorite. What are their odds to make the playoffs? And by the way, at Bet Rivers, it's actually kind of cool. They got the exact outcome, meaning like misses the playoffs, uh, loses in the divisional round, loses in the wild card, loses in the Super Bowl, you know, things like that. So, again, make sure you're checking it out. But the Packers to make the playoffs, the yes is minus $5. The no is plus 370 Is the no worth a look? Probably not. Aaron Rodgers still playing. Don't entertain that, but the value is somewhat tempting. But their win total is what we're more curious about. So their win total is at 11 at Bet Rivers, minus 110 each way. Now, this is important because some books have their win total at 11.5. And then naturally, the juice will change. The over will be for probably plus money. The under, you're laying some chalk. Conversely, I also saw Green Bay at 10.5, whereas the over was minus 145 and the under was for some amount of plus money. So figure out which side you like and then shop for the best number. Now, this is a team that went 13-4 and last year. There's some uncertainty with Green Bay. Let's be honest. With Rodgers there, you know you got one of the best quarterbacks. Without Devontae Adams... You don't have as good of a receiving core, presumably, as of this moment. You've got two unproven receivers who could be great, don't get me wrong, but again, the issue is Aaron Rodgers takes a while to develop relationships. He doesn't trust people easily. That was the struggle for them losing against the 49ers at home in the playoff game. Only wanted to throw to Devontae Adams. How soon can they get acclimated? Giving Aaron Rodgers the benefit of the doubt probably fairly quickly. But as a Bears fan, we like to keep our hopes up that it'll be a struggle. <laughs> Nevertheless, when we look at win totals, I always like to separate it into three categories. Winnable games, losable games, and toss-up games. Pretty self-explanatory, but the winnable games are the games I for sure think they will win. The losable games are the games that they have the biggest disadvantages in. And then the toss-up games, straight 50-50. So let's go with the winnable games going down the schedule. Week 2 versus Chicago. Yeah, that's winnable. Week 5 versus Daniel Jones and the Giants. Yep, that is winnable. Week 6 versus the Jets. Lucky Packers get both of those at home. Not that they needed to, but the Bears could have benefited from that. Uh, Week 6 versus the Jets. That's a win for the Packers. Week 7 at Washington against the Commanders. I'm not high on Carson Wentz. I have not been high ever since his injury. That's a winnable game for Green Bay. 
Week 9 at Detroit. Maybe Detroit sneaks one. They'll make it close, but Green Bay will find a way. Week 11 versus Tennessee. The Titans will take a step back. Week 13 at Chicago. The Bears probably don't split with the Packers. Week 13, or excuse me, week 16 at Miami. Not sold on Tua. It's late in the year. How are both teams going to look? Who knows, but you give the advantage to Green Bay. Week 17 versus Minnesota. Yeah, assume you split at the worst a game at a game with Minnesota. So one of them will be winnable and why not have it be the one at Lambeau. Week 18 versus Detroit. You give the win to the Packers for sure, but the issue is you got to be careful about week 18. A lot of times, if they have their playoff position locked up and solidified, guys will be sitting out. It'll be a meaningless game. So make sure you are aware of that for every single win total you are handicapping, especially with a team like the Packers, who will more than likely have their playoff position wrapped up. A team like the Vikings, or just a mid-level team, is probably going to be fighting and scrapping for as good of a position or even to get into the playoffs as much as possible, so that game will matter to a team like that, and a team like the Lions, presumably. But maybe not the Packers. But those are the winnable games. So I got 10 winnable games, all right? Week 18, again, kind of wishy-washy, but still, I'll give the advantage to the Packers right now. Losable games. There's only two of them. Week 3 at Tampa Bay, Week 8 at Buffalo. Those are the best teams on the schedule. And let's be honest, if they're going to, if there's going to be a game where they will be underdogs, it'll be those two. Because, yeah, you play the Rams, but you get them at home. Yeah, you play the Cowboys, but you get them at home. So, yeah, just two for the losable games. Toss-up games, the 50-50 boys. Week 1 at Minnesota. I'm high on the Vikings this year. Like we said, they may split. Uh, week ones are tricky because you have all of the summer to prepare for. And you're in Minnesota, new regime, new takeover, maybe new hype. Could take a little bit for Rodgers and company to get adjusted. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers lose that game, folks. Week four versus New England. Realistically, this should be a winnable game for Green Bay. But just because it's still Belichick, the Packers lose random games here and there. Usually not at home. I'll just put that as a toss-up, but realistically, I'm going to count that as a win when all is said and done. Week 10 versus Dallas. That's a game that Green Bay finds a way to win realistically, but Dallas still has enough talent to compete, but Dallas will probably shoot themselves in the foot. Week 12 at Philly. A lot of people are high on the Eagles this year. Yeah, they'll be better, you would imagine, but I don't think they're going to be as tough as a lot of people think, but the fact that it's in Philly always makes it a little tougher. Consider that a toss-up game. Week 15 versus the Rams, late in the year. Who the hell knows what it's going to look like, but we know the Rams are still going to be a top team, we would imagine. Probably not that big of a Super Bowl hangover. Well, who knows? But maybe they'll be in desperation mode by then because they were slacking at the beginning of the year because of the Super Bowl hangover. But regardless, at home, Lambeau Field, toss-up game. So again, I have 10 pretty much guaranteed wins. And then there's five toss-up games. I'll give them two. So I got them at 12 wins, which means five losses. By the way, that Miami game that I said was so winnable, Florida uh, Rodgers does play poor in Florida, so maybe it isn't as much of a lock as I think. But there's no way I'm betting an under with Green Bay. Come on. Yes, I do think there will be some cause for concern with the new receivers at some points, and we'll make a big story about it, but it'll probably turn out to be all right. The defense, yeah, that's kind of an issue as well. 
But at the end of the day, the Packers are still the Packers with Aaron Rodgers there. They will find a way. Now, even though I have 12 and 5, doesn't mean that I'm going to bet the over 10 and a half or over 11. Because I do have those reservations. I'm just not willing to put a bet on it to bank on that not happening. Right? Like, there's some bets I want to root for, some that I feel good about. This one, I'm like, yeah, that probably happens, but not that I feel good about. I'm like, hey, guys, by the way, for sure over 10.5, for sure over 11. No, that's a high win total. And the Vikings will be better. Heck, the Lions will be better. And I think the Bears will be more competitive. The schedule isn't bad for the Packers. If it's the same team as last year, yeah, of course you're betting that over. But again, a lot of unknown commodities. So, yeah. Lean heavily to the over, not willing to actually invest in it as of this moment. We'll see what happens throughout the summer months if anything alters. But let's bring it to Minnesota. I'm, I've, I've got some confidence in this team. I'm sorry, I hate to say it because it's gross and everybody's like, oh, is this year Minnesota overcomes Green Bay? No, this would be the year to do it actually. But that's not what I'm betting on here. We don't care as much about how Green Bay does except for the two games they play Minnesota. But what about the Vikings to make the postseason? The yes, minus 106. The no, minus 115. The best number on the yes I saw was plus 105. Now, their win totals at 9 at Bet Rivers. The overs minus 118 and the unders minus 104. The lowest I saw was 8.5. The over was minus 130. More on that in a second. But here's the thing. Say, for example, you're pretty high in the Vikings such as myself. Do you bet them to make the playoffs instead of over nine wins? Because the value is a little bit better on the yes to make the postseason, and you know it's an expanded postseason. But teams with nine wins last year, there were six of them. Four missed the postseason, and two made it. So maybe you just dabble with the win total at that point. Because I was contemplating that. But last year, the Vikings went eight and nine. All right? New coach, Kevin O'Connell, offensive-oriented, Still a great offense with Jefferson, Thielen. You've got Maddinson as the backup to Delvin Cook. You hope you can get a better defense and more competent coaching. Winnable games for the Vikings this year. Week 3 versus Detroit. Week 5 versus Chicago. Week 9 at Washington. Maybe that's not as winnable, but I still think the Vikings are a better team. But at that point, we'll find out if they're for real or not or keeping every game close and shooting themselves in the foot like they love to do. Week 13 versus the Jets, week 14 at Detroit, maybe a split one with the Lions, but still every game you play Detroit or the Bears should be classified as a winnable game. Week 16, you get the G-Men at home. It's the Giants for all you folks that don't know the lingo. Week 18 at Chicago. Losable games, there's only two of them. Week 10 at Buffalo, week 17 at Green Bay. Remember, you're going to lose one to Green Bay for sure. Bunch of toss-up games for Minnesota. Week 1 versus Green Bay. Yes, I said they'll probably split, but anytime you're playing Rodgers, it's no guarantee. So it's a toss-up game. Week 2 at Philadelphia against the Eagles. I shared my thoughts on the Eagles. It's early in the year. 50-50. Week 4 versus New Orleans. The Vikings should have a better team, but the Saints might be one of those teams like the Orioles to where I don't know what the hell to expect. Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas back in the mix. They got some other receivers. I don't know. No Sean Payton. I mean, just a lot going on here. And this is an international game. It's a London game. Yikes. Big toss-up game. Week 6 at Miami. Yeah, they should win. But again, maybe Miami does have enough talent. And I'm just really undervaluing them. 
Week 8 versus Arizona. That's post-bye week for the Vikings, so advantage there. Arizona's kind of in a weird spot with Kyler Murray. I'm sure he'll play, let's be honest. But uh, still, it's kind of tough to get a gauge on this Cardinals team. And the Cardinals, we know, have lost tough spots before. But that's a toss-up game. Same with Week 11 versus Dallas. Same with Week 12 versus the Patriots, although I do think the Vikings are better. I don't know if the Vikings are better than the Cowboys, though. Week 15 versus the Colts. The Colts will be the best team in their division. Will they be the best team outside of their division? Can they play against teams like the Vikings? That's when we'll really see if Matt Ryan and the Colts are legit. Nevertheless, late in the season toss-up game. Week 17 at Green Bay. Yeah, I said the Packers would win, but still, I'm just going to throw that in the toss-up game. By the way, the Packers have their bye week in 14, so they have their bye week before that Rams game, so maybe that's even more advantageous to the Packers going over. But back to the Vikings, based on these categories, what are, where, where do I see their record at? I told you I'm higher on them. It's not the easiest schedule, but a lot of toss-up games. They should have more competent coaching and hopefully an improved defense. I like to get an exact number when I'm doing this, but... I'm giving you a two because it's still above the win total. I have them at 10 and seven or 11 and six. So 10 and a half is where I think that win total should be. Pretty much based on where I think they'll end up. Optimism is high. Why? <laughs> Good question. But I think this offense is legit. And I think them getting O'Connell as their head coach is a great move. Them getting rid of Zimmer, A+. Plus. Them going offensive oriented instead of defense, a plus, which is what I wish the Bears would have done. But we're still high on Eberflus. It's fine. For a good thing so far. He's not trying to control the team. Benefit your strengths. And that's what Minnesota did. Their strength is offense, and they need a guy to help get over that hump, to not be trailing in games, to get those early leads. Get your defensive guy to just at least make the defense sufficient enough to not kill you. And the Vikings can get double-digit wins, and make the postseason. So remember, you got nine, or you could get eight and a half minus 130. I figured the eight and a half would be around the minus 140, minus 145 range. The fact that it's minus 130, I think, is a great price to capitalize on. So I am going to bet the Minnesota Vikings over eight and a half wins at the price of minus 130. You may hate me for doing that as a Bears fan, but like I always say, we're trying to make money. We're being objective. And let's be honest, you can't ignore the talent on this Vikings team. You're giving me eight and a half? Shoot, I put them 10 to 11 wins. But just for that added security, because I don't think lane minus 130 compared to minus 118 to get a half of a difference. Are you kidding me? I will gladly pay that 12 cents more for that. So give me Minnesota over eight and a half wins minus 130. Famous last words, give me Minnesota and then whatever follows and then it doesn't happen. But we're hoping it does with the Vikings knock on wood for this year. I think this team will be good and I think they'll be very competitive and showcase a lot of talent. They already have been, but can you do it consistently? Can you not dig that damn hole? That's what the new coaching staff is there to help with. But yeah, circling out the Packers and the Vikings, I think both will go over, but I think the better bet is to go with Minnesota here now. Over 8.5, minus 130. Search around, shop around rather, and count me in. But that's going to do it, folks. 
That'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Remember, not only are we doing Vikings over eight and a half minus a buck thirty, we also got the Angels on the money line minus one thirty-seven, and that's what we're rocking with today. More on that in rush hour tonight. More NFL coverage throughout this week and through the remaining days, months, weeks of the summer. Excited to go through it with you all. Appreciate when you listen. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when it gets released as soon as possible. And always appreciate a follow on the old Twitter machine at Danny Burke 5. Again, rush hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Marquee Sports Network, vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. We'll talk to you then. And, well, if you don't listen, we'll catch up again tomorrow. Cubs in action. White Sox, we'll see what happens post-Angels matchup tonight. And more in-depth look ahead to the NFC North with the Lions and the Bears. Until then, best of luck. Enjoy all the games and take care, folks.